Welcome to The Paleo View. I'm bestselling author and co-creator of realeverything.com, Stacey Toth. I focus on being healthy inside and out through real life, food, and talk. I'm Dr. Sarah Ballantyne, New York Times bestselling author and creator of thepaleomom.com. I'm passionate about improving scientific literacy around public health topics. I like hashtags and bone broth. And I'm just a super nerd. Welcome back, listeners. You are listening to the sixth year of podcasting with Sarah and I on the Paleo View. I still want Matt to put in like one of those like applause, like no, no firework noises, like (laughs) yeah, that's it. Yes, some kind of celebration noise. Honestly, what are we doing here? Six years every single week. Well, yeah. Wow. That's, I mean, what other things have you committed to like that in your life? My husband, my children. Probably talked to my husband at least every single week. (laughs) (laughs) But there's, there are really few things that I have done in my life for six years straight. And, uh, like I could count them probably on two hands, you know, and I'll tell you, there are some times where I wasn't sure I was going to make it, <laughs> but here I we mean, are. I mean, this has been one of the neat things about podcasting is that it, it's not only allowed us to form a connection with the listeners in a way that is completely different from all of the other forums in which we connect with followers of, you know, readers and whatever. So it, it's different, right? Podcasting is just, it's a, it's a different medium compared to a social media or a, or a blog post or, or even something like, you know, an Instagram or a Facebook live. Like there's just something different about podcasting. And one of the things that's been so amazing for us, I've mentioned this a few times on the show is like developing that relationship so that when we go, you know, to a a conference or a book signing, like we're meeting listeners and there's this bond that we have with listeners that is just completely unique compared to anywhere else where we communicate with people. But beyond being this amazing way to connect with people and hopefully provide them with really, you know, valuable information to, you know, help them, you know, find better health, make better choices day to day, or make those choices more easily or more cost effectively, or have motivation to be consistent with them. But beyond all of those things, it's been this amazing little snapshot every week of our lives, right? It's really captured how we've evolved and changed and our perspectives have changed as we've, you know, read more stuff, taken in new information as uh, we've had health challenges as our kids have had health challenges. Like it's been a really amazing way to capture our own personal journeys over the last six years. And somehow over the last six years, I've lost the mute button to <laughs> let you just hang there on an emotional, just, <laughs> no, I com- I completely agree. I think what's um, interesting is I was talking to, 
Noel from Coconuts and Kettlebells the other day, who has been podcasting for years with Stephanie from Paleo for Women. And um, Stephanie was on the show a lot in our early years. And Noel recently moved from Pennsylvania to the city that I used to live in, which is 20 minutes away. So it's great to be able to see her and hang out. Um, and shout out, she's having her book lunch party, I think this weekend. <laughs> so we'll put I a just, link in the show I, notes. Shout out. I just got a like reviewer copy of the book last week and it's beautiful. Which, you know, just kudos to them because we were not even like trying to plug yeah. <laughs> their book or anything right now. But anyway, so I was talking to Noelle who, the book that we're referring to is Coconuts and Kettlebells, which comes out, I think, in a week or two. Maybe it's out when the show's out. I don't know. I can't keep track of time right now. <laughs> but um, I was telling her, we were talking about podcast partners because she and Stephanie have been podcasting. And Stephanie is actually getting her PhD in the UK right now. And that's a challenge for them to be able to like record their shows. And you and I have to accommodate like when you go to Canada or when I travel for work or, you know, all these different things. And I was saying to someone who was talking about starting a podcast, you have to be really careful who you pick with your podcast partner because it's a marriage. Like it's, it's a business partnership and it's just like a marriage and it's going to ebb and flow and you have to be able to work together and talk and communicate and figure things out because things change. And one of the things that I think has been great and helpful for our own personal growth and for us to be able to give back to you, the listeners, is the fact that you and I treat each other like that, like it's a partnership, mm. like it's a marriage. And we sometimes when things get whatever they are for each of us, we talk about it and we figure out a way to make the show continue to work because it's important to us for our own personal development, for our connection with our audience, for our relationship together. And I think that's what's made it successful for six years. And I know that there aren't just not that many podcasts out there that people have consistently come together each week to make this happen. And it's something I'm really proud of us for doing because it would have been so easy to quit so many times. <laughs> and we didn't, yep. you know, just like a marriage, we were like, okay, like, how are we going to well, make this work? And I love your marriage analogy because like a marriage, we have had those challenges where it's sort of taken a, a dedication from both sides to problem solve and figure out, you know, a way to make it work that has sort of gotten through those, you know, various, you know, and some of them have been, um, you know, they've been different kinds of challenges, right? So it's just been, my schedule is so crazy now. I don't know how to do this. I want to do this other thing. I don't know how to balance. Um, or, you know, I'm not feeling like I'm in the greatest place. I don't know that I have the energy for this. We've had those experiences over the last six years. And that's why our partnership has been so, like, instrumental in keeping this thing going. And I, I mean, I really feel like it, it's not just about keeping the podcast going, but like continuing to challenge ourselves to make the quality of the information better. Like it's, it's not just about, you know, like getting on the hamster wheel and go, it's like, how, what, what haven't we covered? What's a new thing? What's a, what's a trending topic? What's a cool way that we can talk about this and, and really trying to continue to deliver high quality content to our listeners and we wouldn't be able to do that without that, um, you know, marriage level dedication to 
figuring out solutions as problems crop up. Here, here. Absolutely. One of the things that is great about this partnership is our commitment and this elevation of topic, which is why this week I thought it would be fun if we celebrated our six favorite topics that we can remember off the top of our head. Neither one of us went back through six years of the podcast to you know, pull our exact favorites. Mm-hmm. We were just texting and came up with some broad topics. And there is some fun overlap in here. Um, I personally think that we have selected kind of a, a broad range for people. And for those of you that have been listening from the beginning, here's the ubiquitous apology. Um, some of these are going to throw back to the early, early days. Those of you who have maybe started listening to the podcast more recently, we hope that these favorites of ours might point you to some of our previous favorite shows that you can go back and listen to without necessarily needing to listen to all of them. Um <laughs> So, Sarah. Yes, Stacey. <laughs> One of my absolute favorite parts of the podcast is you geeking out on science, period. Like, the reason that we have the show is because you and I, years and years ago, were having phone calls hours long, and I was asking questions, and you're geeking out about science, and it just made sense to record it. And six years later, I still feel the exact same about being able to ask you questions on the science (laughs) side and getting to listen to you geek out. Uh, I don't always understand everything (laughs) that you're talking about, (laughs) but that's part of what I love about the show. And I know that I hope that our listeners feel the same way is that um, we we break things down into digestible parts. And sometimes, you know, things things get a little a little above my head, but we can bring them back down into a practical way to implement them. And so my very first, my, we're each going to say three favorites and those are your six favorites, but neither one of us is succinct or short-winded. So (laughs) almost all of these topics have more than one uh, episode that relate to them. Just fair warning. So my favorite is myth busting because it's such a great forum for you to, for me to ask like silly questions and for you to get into the science and then to practically apply them. So the two shows in particular that I can that think of specifically that were amazing is episode 14. I throw in it way, way back. back. And I'm pretty sure that was the one with Michelle Tam from Nom Nom Paleo. I think it was. And we where, where we learned about badness. We learned about badness and mm-hmm. part of badness was double dipping. And you talked about the actual science of double dipping and how it's not as problematic as people make it out to be. And that was one of my favorites because it was it was a way to well, mi- and, bust and the like, myths. So credit the actual Mythbusters TV show for that <laughs> information, too, because I am like 99.9% sure that's where I had actually learned that double dipping doesn't actually add you like a ton of like it's, it doesn't actually change the amount of germs in your food by a measurable amount uh so i think that's kind of funny that the first myth busted that you remember was actually From originally actual busted by yeah. the myth busters well that show in particular is just really memorable for me because at the time having michelle tam from nom nom paleo on 
was great. Like she's, she's such a great person and, you know, her blog is amazing. And we were just, you know, starting out our little podcast. And so having people on, um, that were respected in the community was special. And so I think that's why I remember that one so vividly. The other one that I love is actually, I think we've covered, covered it a couple of times are about microwaves. And the reason that I love this one so much, um, is first of all, because I microwave my food, including my broth, <laughs> and I don't worry about it. And it's always nice to be reassured that what you're doing isn't going to kill you. And second of all, because we got to hear you really. I, I'm like, I have the emoji with the hearts and the eyes in my head right now. Talk about your husband in such a loving way in the podcast, because for a while, you were very private on the podcast about your family. And I think the the longer that things went on with your blog and that kind of stuff, the more information came out. And so when... That had a lot to do with my family being more comfortable with me sharing oh, more absolutely. about them. Yeah. Like it, it was really, I was trying to respect their privacy. And as they became more comfortable being mentioned, you know, having my kids' names actually out there in the world, like that was a choice that that they made. Um, and then, and then I was like, woohoo, I don't need to worry about censoring this all the time anymore. <laughs> well, I, I love that you're not censored because it allows me to get more personal from you than other than just texting. But nonetheless, it was the, probably the first time that our audience really heard you talk about your husband and the amazing work that he does because he's also a science nerd in an amazing way. And so throwing it back to microwaves being totally safe episode 296 should i be concerned about emfs was one of my other favorite myth busting shows um we will put links in the show notes to all of these including some of the other myth busting shows um that you can listen to and go check out they were good all of them were really good but those anytime those... we put myth busting in the title of the show it was you know, a great it's, show. it's gonna be good so anyway, those that's that's my starting. Do you want to go with your your number yeah, one? Yeah, I mean, actually, I think that my number one was very inspired by you saying I love all the myth busting shows because then as, as soon as you said that, I was like, oh yeah, this myth busting show and this myth busting show, and some of them actually they fall under not myth busting as much as um, putting out information that. I really feel it like I don't understand why it's not more widely known. Uh, so it's it's more like filling in a missing piece of information rather than correcting misinformation. Um, but the very first thing that I was thinking of was um, it, we've done a number of shows, but really the, the overall thematic topic is the importance of carbohydrates, especially eating lots of vegetables. And as I was sort of looking back at like how long ago we started covering this, uh, episode 152 was titled All About Vegetables. And literally the whole podcast was dedicated to all of the you know benefits of eating a lot of vegetables. And we've since added so much to that information. Uh, we had episode 281 and 286, which were how many vegetables, part one and part two. Um, we had episode 304, which we talked about whether or not it was better to eat red vegetables raw or cooked. Uh, spoiler alert, it's good to eat them both ways. <laughs> and then we also tackled this from this other side, which I feel very passionately about, which is the growing popularity of very low carbohydrate and ketogenic 
diets, which I have been sort of a uh, vocal voice of dissent now for like four years. Uh, we talked about the dangers of a ketogenic diet way back in episode 140. And that was really sort of just looking at adverse reactions reported in the literature. And I, this is actually a, a topic that I've been um, reading up about in the last couple of days because I'm writing a new article about it to update all of that information because there's been more adverse events in the last you know few years since um, I originally wrote that blog post and we originally um, did that podcast episode. And I, I feel like um, this information, right? It's not necessarily myth busting. It is providing the counterbalance that should have already been there. Because one of the things that's happening in the scientific literature around ketogenic diets is that, you know, scientists are going, okay, so we have these great benefits. And I don't dispute the benefits to people with refractory epilepsy, for example, right? There are certain conditions like GLUT1 deficiency syndrome where the only treatment is a ketogenic diet, right? So I'm not disputing its therapeutic value in certain situations, but I'm acknowledging the fact that literally dozens of papers have reported severe adverse side effects. Five different papers have reported deaths from ketogenic diets. And this is all covered way back in episode 140, but I have to go on my little soapbox right now because I'm worked up. Um, and the over those four years, the ketogenic diet has continued to grow in popularity. We now have things like exogenous ketone supplements that you can take so you can do ketosis without the sticks of butter for breakfast. Um, and it's it's crazy to me to watch this when the science is so consumed with trying to identify who would be at risk. So trying to, you know, maybe do some genetic testing, some other testing before some a patient does a ketogenic diet. So you know whether or not they're at risk for some of these really um, severe adverse reactions, um, maybe being more specific about the cost-benefit analysis, uh, really working towards a standard protocol for following up patients uh, to identify problems before they become life-threatening, right? So like the science is in a completely different place than the popular diet aspect of it. And that's one of the reasons why I wrote, and we did a podcast episode called uh, Why Insulin is Important. That was episode 305. So not that long ago for us. Um, and it was really diving into like one, at least one of the mechanisms behind why ketogenic diets can cause so many different uh, problems. And it's because we actually need some insulin. Like we don't want to be insulin resistant, right? Like high blood sugars, insulin resistance, diabetes, that's all bad. But not eating enough carbs to secrete much insulin can cause the exact same problems that we see in insulin resistance because insulin is a super hormone. It does all of these things in the human body that are not glucose metabolism. So when I was thinking about favorite episodes, I was like, it's that entire topic that we've we've kind of had this long arc over, you know, I think I just mentioned six episodes. There's talked about in other episodes as well because hashtag more vegetables than a vegetarian and hashtag three quarters veggies. We've covered it in many different ways and it becomes tangential to a lot of conversations. But I think about that that arc of really trying to uh, help people not be veggie phobic or carb phobic and embrace these nutrient dense foods that can really add to our health. You know, I am 
all about the vegetables. So mm-hmm. I love that topic. Um, all right. My next one has been my passion over the last two years. I am having my two-year anniversary with switching over the blog to be real everything and including what we call... two years? Yes. Um, We created what we called real beauty section of the blog and started talking about the importance of non-toxic personal care products. And so that's my... Number two is the episodes that we've dived into the science on this here on the show have really been eye-opening for me, Um, two of them in particular. The first one that we did with the article that I shared with you about the connection of allergies in babies as a result Mm. of the ingredient in baby wipes was just mind-blowing because it really spotlighted how even just one item that someone is using can have a lifelong effect on health. And to me, that's just really showcases the importance of using safer ingredients kind of across the board as best you can do or best I can do. Um, And that article in particular was just fun for me to send to you and (laughs) let you go to town on because you were mind blown (laughs) as well, which is always fun when I send you things. I love when you send me things like, 20% of the time, I'm like, oh, this thing. And I I get like worked up because it's like some crazy like myth that I need to like go bust. Ha ha, myth busting again. About the the moon. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there was some interesting science in there. It just wasn't what you were hoping it would be. But but, the other 80% of the time, it's something that is like legitimately interesting that I have like that is some cool new study that adds to our understanding that I most of the time have missed because I'm always have my nose to the grindstone. And and then I get like this amazing like incentive to be distracted and nerd out with something else, which I love distractions. They're my favorite thing. Well, one of the other ones that I really enjoyed was when I recapped going to D.C. to talk about the Personal Care Safety Act, um, because as listeners who heard that show know, um, my passion is not just about selling a particular brand or a particular product. Sarah and I both use a multitude of products. Um, but what I really want is for every single person in this country that when they go into the store and they buy a product, they're not adding carcinogens and hormone disruptors to their lives, which is what's happening right now. So the Personal Care Act would affect every single person and protect people, even if they're buying products from the dollar store or Walmart or any place like that. So um, when I recapped going to Washington and talked about the FDA laws, I remember you kind of just like stopping me mid-sentence and saying, wait a minute, there's nothing being done about that? Are you sure? Um, so I'm really still blown away by that fact. Like it I was love it when those... I can give you information. <laughs> if it has to do with bills that have passed Congress, it's mostly information for me. That's true. I have an advantage there. <laughs> but, but yeah, I was, I was, and I, I still, it's one of those things that, and it's actually what's interesting. <laughs> I haven't told you this, but the information that you shared in that podcast, I have reiterated in probably eight conversations since Aww. like it's become one of those, well, my friend, and did you know that <laughs> it has become one of those, like, just because it's, it's not something that people know that there are, there are uh, personal care products are not regulated. They don't have to disclose 
on the ingredients list. And it was like after that episode that I had a massive allergic reaction to a product that I purchased at a pharmacy that was a personal care product that didn't have all of the ingredients disclosed on the label. And I had an allergic reaction to an ingredient that wasn't on the label. So it was like, I, then I, after that went and had this like personal, really terrible experience that I was, you know, and now people would be like, wait, why wasn't it on the label? I'm like, well, guess what? <laughs> There's no law saying that they have to disclose all of the ingredients. And it's just become something that, um, yeah, it's become one of those things that I, I take that information and I imagine like many of our listeners do for, for, you know, different topics on the podcast will go and tell their friends this thing that they learned on the podcast. That was my thing that I went and told probably an inappropriately large amount of people. Oh, I'm just like over here glowing, holding my little like two hands in a heart shape and <laughs> that's it. Mic drop. I'm done. We can move oh, on. Sarah like something I did. Topics. <laughs> All right. What's next on your list? Um, I, so um, one of the things that I really like that we've been able to cover is we've covered various topics related to hypothyroidism, thyroid health, Hashimoto's thyroiditis over the years, including the first episode that made me think about this was uh, episode 134. It was called Paleo Mythbusters. Iodine and throwing it back to the original myth busting series. Iodine and thyroid disease. And that was the first one that I was thinking about, you know, this and it what made me think about it was the fact that I actually got this question uh, in social media like last week. So like last week I was answering somebody like, actually, you don't need to avoid, you know, cabbage and kale and and broccoli if you have hypothyroidism. And uh, that was the episode where we we talked about it and referenced back to a post that I have on my website with um, citations, you know, that those are always in all of these episodes. If there, if there is a post with citations, we always include those links. Um, but then when I was, I was thinking about that, I was thought, you know, we've actually done some really cool Hashimoto's cover, you know, topics, um, which I, I guess selfishly, I, I love those podcasts because I have Hashimoto's thyroiditis. So it's one of those things that I, it's just so relevant to me personally. But the other thing is it is the number one top most common autoimmune disease. So when I'm talking with people like that's, that's the most common condition that they have. And I always say like, yay, club hashies, worst initiation (laughs) rituals ever. And everyone laughs. But uh, we've also done um, an episode way back, uh, episode 127, just called Hashimoto's disease, where we had Mickey Trescott on to answer questions. And we did episode 245 with Isabella Wentz, where she went through all of the options for uh, thyroid replacement medications, which I was just like fascinated by because she's like the expert on alternative therapies for um she really just thyroid health in general. So she has information for Hashimoto's disease and for Graves' disease. But I really like that we have been able to dive into some specific health conditions. We've done other autoimmune diseases as well, like rheumatoid arthritis. So we've uh, and multiple sclerosis. We've had Terry Walls on the show. But I really like that this particular you know collection of podcasts because it's information that helps me also live a better life. And so many of our listeners. Yeah. But I, I personally 
remember very vividly that episode 134, which is probably about four years ago or something. It's a long time ago. Um, Because in the community, there was a huge, I don't want to say it's a movement, but there was recommendations being given by almost everyone who was blogging, telling people that goitrogenic vegetables were problematic for people who had any sort of dysfunctional thyroid. And as someone who was going through my own journey with figuring out what was happening with me, um, it was great to hear the science on that because I think people were just kind of repeating what they'd heard and not necessarily thinking through the application and, and how that could or could not affect their body. So that was one of those ones where you really, we shared something that wasn't popular opinion, but it was what the science is, which is what I love about the show is that we try really hard to be agnostic to the information and to share things, even if it's not necessarily what we thought or expected. For example, the moon, Sarah believes, does not affect my (laughs) (laughs) my moon. (laughs) Um, It was not popular opinion for her to tell me that, but she told me anyway. (laughs) It was the science. Charm. Even Skype knew that one was a problem. It asked me <laughs> to like report the sound quality and what had gone wrong with it. Oh, fascinating. All right. All right. I think it's my turn to talk. We just did Christopher's vegetables. Right. So then it'll be t- time to do you. You do your last one. So I will. Tra- I will ask you a question. About oh, okay. Okay. I got it. Got it. All right. So what's your last? featured topic for this six year, um, like reminiscing about our favorites. I know. So my last one, I feel a little bit lame because it was so recent, (laughs) but I personally had someone that I love quit consuming fake sugars after listening to the Ask for Famous Evil show. And that was truly my motivation with asking you to do that topic. <laughs> I would, I had full disclosure when we talked about it. Um, and I'm get, like getting a little teary eyed about it because I just, I shared how nervous I was that I was going to lose this person, whether it was their mind that went or, or whatever, because of this evil aspartame that they were consuming. And so I just, I love that we delved into the science and we did it in a way that hopefully was loving and compassionate, but also still helping people understand how very, very dangerous from a multitude of aspects, um, aspartame in particular is, and it had the desired effect. So I had to put it on the list, even though we just did that show. So Funnily enough, you did not tell me who it was specifically before we recorded, but it was accidentally revealed to me <laughs> after we recorded, uh, which was a a classic slip on the banana peel moment that was amazing. Yes. Um, and I, I, I feel like it was... Um, it was a lot, you know, like it was one of those topics that was a lot of work to put together all of the research for that podcast. Um, and I felt, you know, in part because I quit diet sodas myself, um, a couple of years before I went paleo, that was sort of one of the first 
forays into carrying what I put into my body uh, that I made like way back a million years ago. And, and so I, I was sort of, I didn't necessarily fully appreciate the relevance of how many people there are out there, uh, this particular person being one of them, that are having a hard time giving up something like diet sodas. Um, but also, you know, things like cigarettes would also fall under this category that they're doing all of these other amazing things for their health. And there's just like one thing that they're having, they're having a hard time letting go of. And when you can add the information to help motivate, like that to me is exactly what this podcast is for. So I'm really glad the topic had its desired effect. Me too. All right. So I already know what this next one is. Yours, <laughs> and I'm so excited because it was one of my favorites, but I didn't list it. So Sarah, what is your last favorite? So this was one of those ones that I probably never would have gotten into the research if you had not asked me the question, because this was a Stacy request topic. Uh, granted, we'd had you know questions from listeners about it in, in various forms as well. But um, because I knew it was going to be, again, such a massive topic to research, I kept kicking the can on it. And that was episode 272, What's the Deal with Essential Oils? And I went from sort of uh, feeling like probably some of them have some effects, probably a lot of it is hype and just, you know, you know, snake oil. And um, but generally, they're all going to be harmless, right? Like that was my my uh, assumption going into that research. And what I came out of was almost that, uh, yes, some essential oils have legitimate effects and yes, some don't and it's snake oil, but they're not necessarily harmless. Some can cause harm depending on which one you're taking and how you're taking it. And that to me was, uh, it, it really raised the relevancy of that topic up high because so many of our listeners, and actually I would just say many people in the autoimmune community, they'll find uh, essential oils before, and whether it's, um, you know, uh, supplemental essential oils or they're using infusions or they're using it, uh, you know, sort of a topical um, aromatherapy, right? There's lots of different ways that you can use essential oils. But that some a lot of people with autoimmune disease will find essential oils even before they find the autoimmune protocol, and um, or people will find it as an adjunct. You're sort of embracing alternative medicine, and then you go like embrace all of the eternal alternative medicine, even that for which the science is not particularly strong. And so suddenly realizing that some essential oils have the capacity to harm, that felt like really important information to get out there. So that's why that that topic sort of made my list um, was, you know, the, the show itself is like really wishy-washy. So if, if anyone goes back to listen to it, it's really like, well, this one, this, and this one, this, and this one, this. And it's really hard to make broad sweeping, uh, you know, sort of generalized statements about essential oils because it really depends on exactly which essential oil you're talking about and how you're applying it. Um, but that was exactly the information that I felt was so important was if you're thinking about using an essential oil, it's really, really important to get 
you know, solid detailed information on it beforehand and not just the pamphlet that the company is giving you about the purported benefits because, uh, again, not regulated. So it, that really, um, I felt like it was, um, it was information that I felt very strongly needed to be out there, but I didn't know about it until you made me research it. I feel like a lot of these topics have come from me forcing you to look into something. <laughs> so I'm going to expect that in the future, when I send these things to you, I'm going to get more, hey, this is so wonderful, and less, oh my gosh, it's going to take me four days to research this. <laughs> You might get a mixture of both of those responses moving <laughs> forward. Hey, this is so wonderful. It'll take me four days to research this. <laughs> um, I mean, and that, I mean, that is one of the things that, uh, you know, we, we do cover topics, um, you know, probably one or two of our shows a month are shows that literally take me, you know, 12 to 20 hours to do the research for the science behind that show. And I really love the opportunity to learn, but that's one of the reasons why going back to the very top of this episode, that's been a really important sort of give and take for us with these shows is that my schedule doesn't always allow me that time to research a topic. And it's going back to how, amazing this partnership with you has been, Stacey, over the last six years. I love that you come up with these amazing ideas for things to research while also having the patience to wait for me to have the time, but the persistence to make sure that I don't forget. That was so sweet. I mean, I'm all about, I'm all about the wishy-washy compliments on an anniversary show for sure. Like super emo. It's like the second time I'm crying this show. I think there we need to count up how many episodes I've cried on this podcast, and the number is probably ridiculously high. Um, thank you. No, I totally agree, and I, I, um, I, I know that the show would not have been something that our listeners would want to listen to, or that I would want to participate in if we weren't innovative and you weren't interested in diving into the the true science of things. And there have even been some topics that you and I don't agree on. I mean, they're not very frequently, um, but there are some things. And in that case, we're both respectful of the information that we each have and the way we come to bring it to our listeners. And I think that's what we strive to do is to make sure that for our listeners who are going to be like us. They're not going to agree with every single thing that we say, either you or me, but what we strive to do is share information so that people can make educated and informed decisions about their own lives. We do, do not want to be people that tell you what to do or how to do it, um, but rather if you are empowered with the information, then you can go and lead a life that you're comfortable and happy with. And sometimes that means choosing to do the opposite of whatever it is that you know <laughs> um, is the ideal. But if you're aware of that and you're doing things in your life to either offset that or it brings you less stress and helps you relax to do that one thing, um, that's that's all that we can do. You know, I, I think there are a lot of dogmatic, perfectionist-type approaches to diet and lifestyle both in and out of the paleo community. And 
that was never something that Sarah and I felt was feasible because we both have families and we've both come from very unhealthy lifestyles and we know what that's like. It's This is not you know, a world in which we are Barbie models and everything's easy. That's just just not reality. And so we hope that we have over these past six years been a voice that you can trust to become informed, to make your own decisions, because honestly, that's the best that I could hope for. I would never ask you to do exactly what we do or how we do it. And hopefully we entertain along the way a little bit, a little bit, a sousson, a sousson, of entertainment. Oh, what's that little <laughs> French Canadian? There you go. Whenever I can bring out a French word, I'm happy. Well, listeners, thank you so much for being here for our six year anniversary. And if you have been with us for all six years, just a special high five and kudos to you. I know I joke and say that I apologize. Um, I've recently had a couple of people um, reach out to me via social media and tell me that they went back and listened to all the podcasts and in the same breath said, and you don't need to apologize because it was wonderful. (laughs) So I will refrain from doing that and just say, you know, thank you. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts for being here with us for these six years. And I hope that we can continue to deliver you entertaining and educational information. Thanks for listening. And of course, we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to The Paleo View. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to rate us on iTunes. You can also support us by shopping for our favorite paleo products on the sidebars of our individual websites or by donating through PayPal. Hello. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. We've been together a long time. Are you going to get me like diamonds or something? I think that's 50. So <laughs> eventually, <laughs> yes. Uh, what's six? I am Porcelain literally or something it right now. <laughs> Gosh, I hope it's pottery. Porcelain, I think, is in there somewhere in one of those random numbers. Sixth anniversary. Personalized. No. Why are none of these, like, official? (laughs) Okay, I'm Googling it now, too. We'll see who wins at the Google. Six is iron. It's candy in the UK. Iron in the US with the (laughs) modern theme being wood. Like, why are there three different options? It was interesting because when it first came up, it was like personalized candy for your sixth anniversary. I'm like, what? Why would, would I want candy? Because can't. I mean, in ye olden days, candy was hard to come by. <laughs> that would have been a special thing. It would have been easier days. to get iron than it would have been to get candy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't get you any iron. Pottery's eight. Mm. We we might be able to make it. I think so. That's a good one. It's like my favorite. I know. That's that's why I said I hope it was pottery because I would look forward to shopping pot for pottery for you. You know, we should have gotten each other something leather on three. <laughs> I don't think there's anything that's keeping us from belated anniversary gifts here. To do all of them, one through six. <laughs> that that would be 
Linen, silk, fruit, flowers, and appliances are year four. Oh, yeah. Now this is like celebrating ye olden days. (laughs) Ye olden days of Skype (laughs) when we had to call each other eight times to (laughs) make one show pull together. That's it. All right. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.